0: Hello, mech warriors, and welcome to the mech bay where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, bay watchers? I'm your host, Josh. I need more of Lynn's flair in my life. I've got my co host, Dustin Armageddon, in the hot seat. What's going on, Dustin? Not much, not much today, just hanging out. And I've got Denim the Rock with me today. How are you, Mr. Denim? Howdy, howdy. I am present and accounted for. And we are the Michael Bay Podcast. Your number one source for all things Bad Boys to Transformers. And <laughs> oh, man, I'm reading this like a Ron Burgundy lookalike. All right. We are the Mech Bay Podcast. Not to be confused with the other sure. podcast. but we gambled it all at the Canopian Pleasure Circus. So we took out a loan and gambled it all in slayers to try to win it all back. How about
1: that one? I told you not to bet on green. It's a bad idea. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm colorblind.
2: We're going to get quite the stable together and mm. hit the circuit and see if we can make any money here yeah. on Solaris 7.
0: Yeah, we're talking about Solaris tonight. I mean, I thought it was in good uh, order considering
1: the new Solaris,
0: you know, Battletech Essentials box came out. Right
1: out. Well, they were talking about how they were gonna do something Solaris and I was very excited because I love the Solaris thing. And then they announced the Essentials box and it's like it's like mini baby Solaris. And I got very concerned. And I'm like, this is not what I was what I was hoping for. But thankfully they did announce officially that this was just a cool themed box that they thought would be attractive to people, and they are working on something much, much bigger. So
2: mm, you know Exciting.
1: Yep. Won't happen this year. Probably won't happen next year, but keep an ear out for 2025 ish. I'm not, that's not, that's not <laughs> official. Not <laughs> official. All right. Denim is scrying the future and he
0: says 2020, maybe something.
2: <laughs> uh, Q3, Q3, 2025. Denim, you heard it from Denim. Send your email. <laughs> that's right.
0: But yeah, so I thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of look back at where Solaris was, has been, and what it's become. Because it's almost become like a cultural icon for Battletech players.
2: It's Yeah, it's definitely one of the smaller places that takes up a lot of space in the yeah. Battletech canon. So we got one little world, and we even got just really Solaris 7's a city, right? Or a group of cities on a world that are in close proximity. Yeah, Solaris
1: 7 is the planet. It's the seventh planet in the Solaris system. Uh, It has a number of cities in close proximity, but then it also has the outreaches going off. So there's stuff happening all over the planet, but it's mostly centered in Solaris City.
2: Yep. And you could read a Battletech blurb, any part of canon, novel, uh, lore book lore inside of your rule book and you flip a coin and there's like a 50% chance there's a mention of Solaris 7 I'd say yep somebody's been there somebody's back from Solaris 7 somebody's going there the story Somebody is just lost a lot of
1: money betting on something there
2: somebody's fighting the Blakists on Solaris yeah. 7 yeah
1: hey that's where my canon character bit it that's right so fighting yeah. the Blakists on Solaris 7 not even in a match <laughs> But, Josh, we should probably get started with the the normal stuff first. Yeah, so let's roll out the good old coolant flush and get some
0: hobby news, hobby progress, games played, and anything else that we can think of at the time. All right, so it's a hot, hot summer out there, mech warriors, and what do we have
2: to keep us cool? Keep your coolant system flushed. Ice cream.
0: I wish we had ice cream. <laughs> where where is the official BattleTech flavored ice cream? Ooh, we should make it reactor coolant. <laughs> Isn't that just like a Mountain Dew slushy?
2: No, it's extra extra cold because we just froze the reactor fluid or the uh, reactor coolant. So you just eat that,
1: but it's so spicy.
2: (laughs) It's very very spicy. Uh, Nobody's died from it yet.
0: Uh, Heavy metal poisoning isn't lethal
1: until it is. (laughs) Until it is,
2: it's incredibly sweet. Some people tell me that glycol is poisonous, but I'm you know I'm still alive.
1: All right, but
0: uh, we've had the BattleTech activity book number two—the long-anticipated and
1: long-awaited coloring book for <laughs> BattleTech. I'm kind of excited about it. I uh, checked it out this weekend. It was fun. Uh, a lot more mechs. There, most of them are, are the uh, the mercenaries box set type of, well, the mercenaries Kickstarter mech. Um, nice. So it does have the Shadowhawk 2C. It does have the the Viper. One one of the many Vipers.
2: Yeah, which viper? I guess, yeah,
1: it's it's the white lotus. What is the, what is? It's what the is jumpy pulsey one. Yeah, the jumpy pulsey one. The the, one that, we the, know
2: what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. The white raven? Not the white it, lotus. Not, is it called a white raven? The yeah. one that has two names, like it's a black something and a white raven. The one that the I one. have? Yeah, it's the one you yeah, want. Yeah, it's the white raven. Okay, yeah, they've they got a picture of that to color. It's it's Okay, fun.
2: nice. Yeah, the, the first one came out. None of my my kids weren't old enough. I mean, they were old enough. They scribbled all over everything, but yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe uh, so enable some fun uh, father-son time, indoctrination yeah.
1: it, time. It was fun for my kids to decide what color they were going to paint their mechs when I when I got them because I, I printed out a couple sheets with their mechs on it. And I'm like, you know, color these and see what you like, and then we'll paint it up that way.
0: Okay. I mean, that sounds fun. Sounds like a... Use these as you know color testing before you put things on the table. How about that?
1: It worked. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> uh
0: We don't have any really new product except the new Barnes and Noble exclusive is actually like hitting shelves. So it is that, yeah. the Catapult K two, the Regent, the Jumping Shadow Hawk, and yeah. the Gargoyle. I haven't gone out to pick mine up yet, but it's soon. It's coming.
1: Yep, that was my complaint last time was that uh, none of the Barnes and Nobles in my area had it, and now some of them do. So Ooh, nice.
2: I'm going to take a trip out there myself. We uh, sometimes we do mall walks, and there happens to be a Barnes and Noble there, so maybe I'll pick it up in the summer when it's hot outside. We walk with the old people. What can I say? Are you are Hold you part of heart. the mall
0: lappers? Like you just yeah, walk, you do the laps. Okay,
2: in the dregs of summer, yeah, we 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 do the mall laps. We hang out with the old folks. We wave. Hi. We walk almost as fast as they do. (laughs) But uh, beyond that, there's a bunch of news as far as products coming to us sooner or later. Just some uh, kind of an in-depth, kind of got the lowdown on where some future products are as far as their development cycle, right?
0: But yeah, so Aaron Cahall with the assistant line developer for Catalyst essentially gave everyone a rundown and some things that are in the pipeline. We've got Battletech Universe, and that's in late stage layout. So that's essentially the step before going to the printer. So nice. that was the big like Kickstarter book. The right. thing that they push for like the acetate pages with like cutout views of things and like.
1: Right, there's a there's a fifty dollar version and then a two hundred dollar version. Ooh. But I can't. Well, first of all, they need to get pictures and stuff out before before the Kickstarter closes, because I'm not going to spend two hundred dollars on a book that I've never seen. What? especially when it has the blurb what? that says that says this is what we're going to do, unless we can't, in which case we'll put it in a slipcover. You know, I'd, like is... I'd like to know. I'd like to know it ahead of time.
2: It's Kickstarter. You just spend your money. And then you
3: wait.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I I I am still paying for Star Wars. So Uh. (laughs) that that was that was yeah, that cut out a lot of my free battle tech spending.
0: Oh. So that's in late stage layout. We've got Brush Wars season one, art is submitted, Mm -hmm. and layout is on the deck. So that's somewhere in the middle of the
2: process.
0: So I never did any of the brush wars stuff. What about you guys?
2: Nope. Nah, I have no idea what the Brush Wars are. I know there are a series of books that um, describe the smaller engagement, the simmering engagements during, I think, the, Re- the Peaceful Republic eras, or the-, the Dark Age, if memory serves. But I've never looked through them, the source books. So, yeah, I have no idea what they are.
0: We've got the Battletech Encounters is at the printer. So Yay. we all get to try this mystery dice game.
1: That sounds fun. I'm curious.
0: So if it's at the printer, that means it's like ready. Like yeah, yeah, get it's, those soon. It's ready, except you know
2: with the Kickstarter They Yeah, I'm I'm very out of the loop with the Kickstarter Kickstarter stuff. Do you guys know anything about this BattleTech Encounters product?
1: I uh, it's a, it's a dice game that uh, it it's like travel BattleTech themed dice game thing. But I don't oh, know okay. I don't know the rules or the concept or the storyline behind it. No
0: encounters is supposed to be the new push your luck dice game where you take the role of a mercenary command you take contracts around the sphere and achieve victory by getting reputation so i'm guessing it's like a choose your own adventure with dice rolls that's kind well, of what push, it sounds like to me
1: yeah push your luck one like there's a there's a zombie game a zombie dice i think it's called zombie dice that's definitely a push your luck game and i super enjoy that so if it's anything like that one but at Battletech flavored, I'm all in.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: Occasionally, I forget that Catalyst Game Labs is a game company. They do make other games.
1: They Yeah, they have a whole board game company part yeah. now. So, Isn't
0: Battletech technically a board game?
1: Right, Te- but I mean, I mean... For tax
0: purposes, at least. Right. <laughs> all right. We've got Legends 2, so that's...
1: I've got my leatherbound Legends one book right there. It's like a coffee table book. Uh, it has different uh, pilots, personas, um, units, color pictures, and a couple stories thrown in there. It is it is a great. It's it's like a scrapbook, but not. It's just got a lot of cool things where I can show my kids. You know, this is Natasha Kerensky. Here is Ooh. here is her mech. Here is a story with her. Here's a like a write up about it. They're nice. I like them. Okay. Uh,
0: we got Force Manual Davion. It's in layout, so that's, oh my goodness,
2: you we're know, getting our codexes. It's past, yeah. it's past
0: fact check and it's past editing, so now it's in the make sure the words and the pictures fit the pages now. Nice. So I'm I'm actually excited because I mean we keep hearing about these and this is like closest to seeing the where it is in the pipe.
2: Yeah, the Force Manuals. Um, which have replaced the name of the old product in my head. Combat I can't remember manuals. what they used Co- to be. Combat, combat manuals. Manual. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited for those. those, those should sp-
1: People have been asking for a codex like thing for yeah. a while now, so this is a good start and we'll see how they do. Yeah.
2: yeah, because we, as Battletech players, borrow all of our miniatures from each other in that, you know, a Centurions for these three factions and a, a Ravens for these two factions, uh, having the little codices or whatever will really make the that's why the Jade Falcon mechs are cool, because they have their own style and everything. So this will help, I feel like, in my head or in my brain, give a faction more uniqueness. Or yep. individual
1: I like that it has yeah. the color schemes of the different uh, the different units in that faction in the back of the book. So if oh. you're going to paint them, you can just flip <gasps> through all the pretty colors. Ooh, physical camo specs.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
0: Aren't we still technically waiting on that camo specs
1: collection? From last Kickstarter?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah we are. That? How that doing, oh, guys? They, they say it's still being
1: worked on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. They they have apologized several times for its its delay, but, uh, but it has not been canceled. Okay. I don't want apologies. I want answers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I want products.
1: I want problems.
0: And uh, a little. I don't think they meant to add this in, but we've got Hotspots Hinterlands, and that is writing complete. It's in fact check, and art is getting underway.
2: Nice. So... Rumor has it this was an oopsie, but yeah, this is my understanding that this is this is like another book in the series that we've been getting Dominions Divided, Empire Alone, kind of covering moving forward into the Yale Clan era, each region of space. And this one kind of covers Terra, right? And the surrounding areas. This will.
0: So this is going to be. A scenario book with a series of short campaigns in the former Liren Commonwealth, Jade Falcon Occupation Zone, and Republic of the Sphere Territories that have become either independent or part of a new minor power.
2: So cut everything I just said because I was talking about a different book, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. you know,
1: this, this works really well with the with the uh, campaign operations and the uh, chaos campaign system. Like It's yeah. designed to work with that.
2: This this sounds like the little bits that used to be in the error report books that were really yep. good for less imaginative people like me to kind of help me create a, a campaign without having to do it on my own. Yep. <laughs> that's what it is for. Excellent.
0: Yep. All right, so that's pretty much all the Battletech news that I can think of. You guys have anything new? Maybe? No? Not Possibly? for news, no. no. Okay. Uh, in Mech Bay news, we just released our july patreon episode where we talk all about star wars a non-battle tech thing
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah uh that's that's mostly my fault <laughs> but i appreciate i appreciated the um the the avenue to uh to to talk and get a lot of that out so if you're curious <laughs> about that yeah put a lot of personal information in there about <laughs> my experience with star wars
3: yeah
0: all right We've got some hobby progress. Who wants to lead
1: off today? Who's done? Oh, I can lead off. Oh no, not the most. The least.
3: Oh, (laughs) I've (laughs) been
1: out. I did. I did say last time. I was. uh, I was trying to prime my my uh, Crusader. Uh, and not only did I prime the Crusader, I also primed the Rifleman that came in the Essentials box. Whoa! And I am, yep, I am started. Anybody? I, I've seen some pictures out there of the people who have free handed the uh, the Red Sunburst on their Centurion. Yeah, my respect, my respect to all of you. It is, it is going to be slow work, but I hope mine looks three quarters as good as yours when I'm done with it.
0: I've done, I've done the Yin Wong uh, paint scheme. I did not. Enjoy doing it, just because
1: <laughs> it.
0: Hmm, I'm trying to. Think I'm doing it at
1: once. I'm doing it
0: once. I, this I is my once for a commission, and it looked great. Like it was as close to the you know canon scheme as I could with like some artistic interpretations. I was like, "You've got the old art, you got the new art. Which one do you want?" And they were like, S- "Somewhere in the middle. Make it look recognizable." And I was like, "I can do that without going crazy." And you know, here I
1: am, a year plus later. Crazy, yeah. My mistake was saying, "Oh, I I just want to do something small and nice to do to get me back into the to the habit of doing hobby stuff after vacation." And that's mm. what I started with.
2: No, not that. No, no. Oops. Don't want to overwhelm yourself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So, how about you guys? Anyone get any real hobby progress?
2: Dustin. Yep, I painted some Games Workshop stuff. So. Don't need to talk too much about that. I'm almost done with my Necron backlog, so I'll just say that.
0: I mean, you can you can talk about what you did.
2: I painted a Lich Guard, a group of five. Spent a little extra time on them because they're not warriors. I have other tidying up to do on my Necrons, but they're they're about there. So this is one of my goals this year was to paint through my backlog. I'm realizing that that will likely never happen with Battletech just because of the way that I create lists. And I'm just, especially with the plastic being sold in the way that it is, if I need this one mech, it comes with three other mechs. So I'm always going to have extra Battletech stuff laying around. That's okay. I'll try to keep it under control. But yeah, my, my 40K stuff is about squared away. So I might buy myself some miniatures soon. Nice. That's a little reward. No, I need to paint my Southern Assault stuff first. <laughs> I yeah. He already talked himself uh, out of it. I know, I know, but yeah, that was my hobby progress. I don't think I got much else done. Yeah, just some vacation and a little painting when I got back. How about you?
0: Oh man, what did I get done? I got I've, it only took 8 months, but I assembled my greyhound miniature. Nice. That <laughs> nice. I picked up at last Southern Assault. That was that needed a lot of hobby motivation, really. To like, mm-hmm. like I had to cultivate it, because the problem is, it lives in my imagination rent free. So Correct. whatever I do, like model wise, will never come close to what it is in my brain. Of mm-hmm. course. So I was like, I had to get over that hump, and it, it took me a while. I'm, I'm a I'm gonna be honest, it took me a long while. Yeah. When she I did up, some reposing. I did a lot of repro- reposing for it. I it cut. Great. Both the legs at the hip, so I could switch the leg because it's kind of in like a standing, like bracing position, and I love it. But I was like, I want to do something a little different. I wanted like kind of like circling whatever it's targeting for that mm-hmm. like, last pass. So I cut the hips and I switched the legs, so it's into a running pose. It was real easy to do. Like just cut, snip, snip, and alternate the leg position. Then I cut the like the shield claw arm. So it's more like up in like a shield position rather than just mm -hmm. swinging. And then I just put the pulse laser, you know, kind of on the target and put in twist of the face. So yeah, it's got minor modifications. I've seen like gold Bishop on the discord. Like he did some major modifications. I was like, I love that, but I'm not going that far. (laughs) (laughs) Because his looks amazing. I'm like, but I want mine to be a little different as well. So Uh I, I can't wait to see it painted. I look, it took me eight months to assemble it. (laughs) Don't rush me here.
1: How long did it take you, uh, Dustin (laughs) to paint, to paint the Greyhound,
2: to paint and assemble. I think it was about a week, a week from when I got back.
1: 72 hours, man.
2: Yeah. That's Uh, what I remember. Was it really? Yeah, Yeah. it was fast. All right. I, I had to get a product photo for, for, I saw just like the Greyhound STL photo on Fortress's site. And I was like, no, real paint looks it's cooler that way so
3: it does it does
0: but so i got that guy done uh real happy with that i assembled my hammerhead because you know while i'm in the (laughs) let's assemble models i've had for way too long i assembled the hammerhead and i gave it like enough open hand posability so it can hold things
2: hold on i have to interrupt you the didn't we play a game where you had a hammerhead? Was that, the, were you right, doing the thing true. where you just stuck them together with the, the, the tack? No, I was going to ask no, about I,
0: that. I thought. I, I have a, I have a second hammerhead. Bought, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I bought okay. the okay.
2: one and then, you
0: know, they had the whole thing. Okay. I just got a second one. Got a second one. Okay. So you assembled
1: a hammerhead, not I's, your only hammerhead. I
0: assembled my second hammerhead. That, I was, was confused
1: my... as well. Yeah. Yep.
0: So yeah, I guess that's like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I had this one for about a year. It's, we're clearing out the backlog people yep yep um so yeah he can hold on to a like metal girder because i was like what do i do with a mech that has two hands that has no weapons in the hands I was put like, a
1: battlemaster's leg in there
0: yeah put bat. it's a catapult's leg and the battle master is holding it sir
1: that's right yeah
0: how dare you how well. dare you <laughs> yeah so i've got like a sprue that i've like cut and it's kind of like a girder i've got a stick like i literally went outside got a stick and just like trimmed it so the hand like fits in it perfectly so it slots in i'm like so i've got my steel girder club for heavy rubble i've got my wood for tree trunk for my light woods club and then i have my Wolfhound 2C leg, which I also trimmed so that it slots into the hand. I'm like, nice. Hey. And then I got my mech, you know, arm or leg blown off hand, that he's just dragging behind him.
2: Excellent. So, yeah, no, I, I saw this. Uh, it looks great. Yeah. I like it a lot.
1: Once again, don't ask
0: me when I'll get it painted. <laughs> That's the yeah. hard part.
1: Now I'm super excited.
0: What did I get done? There you um, I got my deer assembled, which is there like you go. Yeah, no, this was this was my assembly time. And this was like finish up projects that I had like slow burning, like I would like to do this. And but do I do I have commitment issues on how I want the pose? And the answer is yes, I have major mm-hmm. commitment issues on posing. <laughs> it was more than six, <laughs> more than six. I've got so the Bobber I kind of molded him the upper cockpit because I really don't like the like chest face. Like, mm-hmm. I know I've sent so many memes to you guys. of just like, <laughs> how are you feeling that day? And it's just the bombardier chest face meme. Yeah, and yes. that's how it is. That's how it is. I don't accept that
3: because
0: <laughs> I like the the card game art, which is essentially an unseen archer mm-hmm. you know, with an AMS on top. And so I like took green stuff and molded up like the kind of ovaloid cop pit and slapped it on top. Then I got some, what's the word? Liquid green stuff and then did it around it. So it kind of molds up. And nice. I liked it until I put the AMS on, and the AMS took me completely out of it. Oh, oh, yeah. The AMS in the art, Dustin's looking it up now, and it's like, that's a moderate or modest AMS. And then you get to the model, and it's like, yeah, nobody needs <laughs> oh, that. Oh, like,
2: it's pretty chunky. Yeah, I do remember that from my Bombardier. That, <laughs> yeah. is it. Is that the one I gave you? It might be the no. one I gave you. No, no, it's a new one. Different one? Did I give you a Bombardier? Doesn't matter. Whatever. Okay.
0: So did that, not 100% happy, I might take the AMS off and just leave it off and say, eh, not every bombardier needs AMS, at least, you know, physically.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so those are my three major assembly, and then I glued up the rest of my aerospace guys. So, like, finding the sticks to glue, I actually got the pin vise out to, like, drill into all of my planes. So the hook so mm-hmm. the stick goes in. And then I glue that so they're solid. Like I, I can do the uh, zoomy sounds right now if you guys want. Yeah,
1: I'm super excited about all your your club collection.
0: Of course, you would be happiest about that, not me pinning aerospace models. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I've assembled everything I own except like one Warcrow, which is you know, in addition yeah, to my current Warcrow. So that's that right. doesn't count. If you have two of them, you don't need to assemble the second
1: one. That's right. Well, that's good because I have had a little drawer full of. Cause all the, the, uh, the, the stuff that catalyst has put out the premier stuff, all the ones that I bought two of most of those, I have un unfinished ones in the drawer and one finished one of each.
2: It's a retirement fund. Yeah. What else? Is
0: there anything else I did? I'm looking at the table. I know there is. What was it? No, that sounds about it. I feel like that's it.
1: All right. Well, then that was
3: it. Oh,
0: I bought stuff. I bought stuff. More That's, stuff. Did you guys buy things lately?
1: No. No, I'm going to. As soon as I find a Grey Death Legion box, I will go buy one. Oh. I'll buy two. We know that.
0: I mean, was, I even got tagged on Instagram that uh, Kriya Tunas like, was like, Mech Bay Podcast says purchasing is hobby progress. And I felt seen. <laughs> I felt yeah. so seen in that post. I was like, Ooh. Awesome. Got to call me out. But yes. So I assembled three models. So that what does that mean? I get to buy three more models. That's right. <laughs> so I bought a Gurkha, a Toyama, and a legacy from Fortress. Thanks. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I was feeling Wabi
1: this weekend.
2: You were, weren't you?
0: I, I I was trying to read through jihad books
1: and Right. That's where I read about the Toyama as well.
0: And I'll admit. I tried reading through those error reports, Jihad, and I was like, I'm not mentally built to read through these. This style style does not agree with me.
1: I read through the whole thing and I have the same opinion. I was not pleased, especially since they kept saying that, you know, first of all, they're all in different parts and and they bounce around a lot. And then they also say, you know, a lot of this is hearsay. It may not be 100% accurate. Therefore, you can't use any of it as canon. So it's just a bunch of maybe it happened this way. Maybe it didn't, but this is a rough idea of what happened. Let's move on is what it is. What it said to me.
2: It's, it's a black hole. It's yeah. A black hole. You can, you can look in not, and things can go into it, but it can't come out.
0: Yeah, no, it, it was awful. Like I skimmed the art and there wasn't enough art for me to really enjoy it. And I read, I skimmed through all of them. Yeah. I was
2: disappointed.
1: Nope. I read them all. All right oh no i did not retain very much of it at all
2: still impressive yeah you
0: got further than i did all right so that's pretty much my hobby progress and our hobby that's pretty much our hobby yep. progress that's our hobby yeah, progress let's move on to of some them. games played all right who, who got games in i hope everyone got
1: I, games in at least i got games in i did you got game Talk about your game well i could talk about our game because you were part of it i was Uh, let's start with that yeah i got uh i got a blind box in because we were using up the the last of the of the adepticon um stuff and uh it was it was crazy because let's see there was there was a hundred ton stone rhino Mm -hmm. there was a hundred ton king crab there was a 90 ton kingfisher yep Ooh. and then there was a seventy ton archer that I drew heavy, so one heavy and three assaults uh, two of them clan assaults,
0: thick boys, yeah, how
1: that now, go the well the archer, the archer pilot card has has uh what's the cluster the cluster is, thing? the sandblaster oh okay it had no it had sandblaster and oblique attacker, oh on my it. God, yeah, so we know how that goes, yeah, so I <laughs> didn't
2: cover and and I did. I didn't cover
1: (laughs) and I just shot it. Well, I I only had eight rounds of ammo uh, for each launcher. So, so it ran out pretty fast. Yeah. But it was still enough. It was enough.
2: Nice.
0: Yeah. That was a game that made me reconsider playing with quirks or not quirks with special pilot abilities, like in general at all, like randomly. Mm, mm -hmm. And I was like, I I want, I want someone to yell at.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, I I like
0: the I special would like pilot abilities. A manager.
1: But but I would like I would like them to redo the special pilot abilities. I would like them to go over all of them with a fine tooth comb and just restructure them all. Just say this is how they work now. Ignore everything we've done before. Mm. That's what I want. Because what was it to hit max? Because you had you took the Artemis Four variant. Right, so it had Artemis four, it had Sandblaster, uh, it was a Clan LRM 20s, so no minimum range, and Ooh. a minus one for Oblique Attacker, so oftentimes I would need a five to hit, which I rolled an amazing number of threes and fours on my two hit rolls, but i need hmm. a five to hit, and then um, once I did hit, I would only need to roll a five on the cluster table to hit with all 20 missiles for each wow. launcher. Wow. Yeah. And I rolled double ones on that more than once, but enough missiles hit. I did, I did the damage I needed to.
2: I think like oblique attacker and jumping jacker, they kind of stick out as some of the most egregious offenders in my,
1: well, now that I found out that the uh, melee master gives you four punches, oh, um, I want and to. if you mix that with, with, fire a uh, fist fire which lets you fire an un- unfired <laughs> weapon you can do that if you have melee master you can do that twice so four punches two of them can fire off weapons on your arms yikes so they're, they're all they can all be a little bit overpowered
2: yeah narrative games guys but
1: yes narrative games
0: i don't uh, even and know also... if
1: that's rated rated e for everyone
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely not
0: but uh yeah so i took the i drew the king crab and i took mm-hmm. i was like in honor of Dustin being away, I decided to roll up in his rec guide at Ralph XXL. Yeah, the King yeah. Crab Eleven.
2: Yep, my baby.
0: So turn one, I ran eight, and people were like, "How does how does it do? How that? does it
2: do that? You can't move that. That's illegal, sir." <laughs> yeah,
0: it's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was weird being the fastest thing on the table for a turn. Yes. You
1: you absolutely were the fastest thing on the table for a good three or four turns. Three three turns
2: oh no what happened <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happened <laughs> did you, you you're just like over there like oh yeah i'm feeling it i'm feeling my luck <laughs> let's go oh no <laughs> yeah turn
0: one uh you know supercharge so turn two i stopped turn three okay. i supercharged again i was like oh man i'd really love to go that eight x's on turn four and i was yeah. like okay i just need a five up and oh no nope, that's, that's a three yeah it's like, Okay, well that's fine. The supercharger doesn't hurt me or anything, and did, him, did him happily walks over to his rule book. Oh,
2: oh no, oh no, oh it's Super, an engine hit.
1: Supercharger must roll a critical. It could be zero, so automatically the yeah, automatically the supercharger crits, so it's gone. But yes. then you roll for crits, and for every crit you you go from the top of the center torso and start hitting uncrited items, and he rolled yeah. a ten. So oh, that was two myself. engine hits, yeah, right then. I was like, that's
2: that's hot. that's
1: hot, but it still did damage. I mean, you still oh, yeah. you still you still totally took out that uh, kingfisher. That just,
2: yeah, that just slows the crab down. Yeah, that's still an angry beast even with two engine heads. It is. It they is. Still
0: killed the the kingfisher because what is it? LB twenties is still LB twenties. So yeah, like- yes, it is.
2: They are.
1: But yep. the problem—you hit him with multiple head hits. You you knocked him down. You blew off limbs. He couldn't get back up. He's just like I can't. I can't do anything.
0: But the problem is, at the very last turn, I've got almost no armor left. Yeah, has like two lasers because he's used all of his ammo, killing
1: everyone else. <laughs> right. I have four lasers, but two of them are pointed out the back because it's an archer. Yep. But I have a targeting computer for those two lasers. <laughs> so he's still really? hitting
3: me like
0: way too easily.
1: Yeah, super easy. And yeah, because I had I had uh, gone against the stone rhino, and he's so slow that that I I used all my ammo, um, and he got he got uh, one good shot at me before yeah. he died. Uh, And he hit me in the head with the large pulse laser. So I had two internal structure on my head, and somebody over here with with two LB twenty Xs. By the time he got to me, only had one, but could not could not roll a headshot.
3: Dang it, dang it. Yeah, this
1: is the second time in a blind box game I haven't been able to
0: kill Deadham with a headshot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so I walked
1: away with, with with that guy. Yeah.
0: So, but what happened was his laser hits my open torso. I'm like, okay, I got plenty of, you know, two D six worth of stuff and he rolls engine, I was like, That's fun. Yep. I don't got a fresh oh my god, I crit my <laughs> engine twice before. So three yeah. engine hits and I'm out and I was like oh.
1: But an XXL engine, you had six engines in that one torso.
0: Yeah, so. but if I had still had if I hadn't critted my supercharger twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I did I know. more
0: crits to myself than you did to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep, I did two crits to you, and you did three crits to me. I did three crits to myself. I mean, you get, sorry, you did three crits to you. I did two crits to you, you did three crits to you.
0: Yeah, it, so. <laughs> I am <have> my <laughs> own worst enemy at these games. I
1: Yeah. All right, so yeah. did you get any other games in? Nope, that was it.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sounds like you guys had fun.
3: Yeah.
1: I had fun. I, I, I absolutely had fun.
0: I had one game, so I'll go, and then I'll let you go, Dustin. All right. Uh I got to play NC Kestrel in some Alpha Strike. He was oh, doing nice. a little local Alpha Strike campaign, and I finally had a Saturday free to go check that out. And that was that was real fun. It was just a hundred PV. So I took uh my classic Oscout Raijin, Kintaro, <laughs> the best friends forever group. Mm-hmm. And, but I took the C three I Lance, or I guess I should say three mechs. Yeah, And it was fun because I've never really ran C3I in Alpha Strike, except like that one test time and I didn't love it. But this was much more fun. Like the yeah. Oscar jumps and, you know, targets the Ryzen kind of like flanks and the guitaro just like walks up the middle field with its its swag pose. It's, you know, circa mm-hmm. 2008, you know, arms out. Uh, it's like thigh arms gap all day. Maximum.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that was fun. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had to loan Kestrel my dice, and man.
1: (laughs) The loaded dice, the crappy loaded dice. They're not loaded,
0: but he was like, (laughs) these dice are totally not loaded, aren't they? And I was like, totally not. Yeah, uh, I had two fire control hits before my armor was gone. (laughs) And then a motive. So I'm legged. I've got, you know, plus four to shooting
2: can't shoot anything, yeah.
0: Can't shoot. I was like, my dice are just as violent against me as they are against anyone else. <laughs> so, nice. but that was a good game. It came away. My Oscar MVP, you know, we got rear shots on like three things. Also, we played with a rule that I'd never like really looked at, which was the submerged breach rules. Like, if you're just mm. walking in water, it's just your pilot skill plus two to see if you take a crit because that's like in classic you know you shoot and then you're walking through the water right you check for breach rule this is that but for alpha strike Nice. but if you're a good pilot you can avoid it better
1: right interesting yeah i've never played with that either
0: yeah but we've never played with much water on our alpha strike table so it's not something that's true we, we, we see plus one for partial cover and sinking heat and we just kind of move on
1: but looking at it, that's not even an alternate rule. That's just a rule. That's just so a rule that we just. I, ca- I can't wait next to uh, Alpha Strike tournament I'm in when somebody goes into the water. I'm like, okay, yeah. guess what?
2: Time it's harder to, check hard to hit them. But,
0: <laughs> but if they take damage and they roll bad, they get critted so they could instantly die.
2: Yep. Nice.
0: But that was a great game. Love playing with him. And also, I was allied with Chris's, what is it? Walter Melons watermelons. <laughs>
1: yeah, nice. Is that so. another sponsor? That sounds like a sponsor.
0: <laughs> but that was a good fun game. It, it was nice to get some off strike in.
3: All
2: right,
0: Dustin, you traveled to go play BattleTech.
2: I did. I How went did it all feel? the way out just for a game. Just kidding. No, I reached out to the. Um, we, we were having a family vacation up in Vancouver, seeing a brother-in-law. I reached out best I could to the local community found their Facebook page kind of and got a headed out for the pickup game night at a FLGS out, out in the Vancouver area played with some, some lovely friends. Uh, one friend of the, okay, let me see if I can remember everybody's name. I think it was Dan, Chad and Steve, uh, using their first names only to protect the identities of the innocent. I also don't know their last names. But yeah, I, I rolled in. They had a there was like kind of a game going, so I just hung out a little bit, uh, talked to the shopkeep just about Vancouver, Canada stuff, North America stuff, and they they wrapped up their game. And then there was four of us, so we did kind of a two-headed giant situation. We played a mission and I was like, "How much? How much battle value do you guys usually play with?" Or, or, you know. And then Steve just took out a Turquina and said, "This is it. This, <laughs> this is what I'm running." And I'm like, "All right, Steve." And I'm like, "Is that a three-four pilot?" And he's like, "Yes." I'm like, "Okay, so about four thousand battle value each."
0: <laughs> it's like, bro, this is what I do at home. I play my brother who only takes <laughs> Turkinas and stuff.
2: Yep. Dan, who recognized my mech bay. A podcast t-shirt and his listener. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? If you're listening, I hope I've remembered your name correctly. I'm sorry if I didn't. Uh, but yeah, Dan threw down a skinwalker at skill, I think three, three or three, four as well. And with the the cockpit situation, it was effectively a two, two or something like that, or two, three. So, so it was, sorry, it was Steve with the Turquina on my side. I took a trebuchet, uh, a Hermes, Oh, and the crab, the wreck guide crab, which I would never run before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other team it was Dan. He had his skinwalker, and Chad had <laughs> he had a Fafnir with the two UAC twenties, and he had a Hollander with the H the Heavy Goss. He's like, I'm a gambling man, I like to roll dice. <laughs> uh so the the heavies scrummed in the middle of the board, the skirmishers skirmished, the skinwalker picked on anything it wanted to because with gunnery 2 you can do that and pulse lasers. Um you're you're hitting whatever you're shooting at. Uh I really like that crab. Got the Fafnir nice and toasty. Very toasty with those plasma rifles. The trebuchet 9m is just always good. I use that to bully the living lights out of the hollander.
0: Chef's kiss kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it was chef's kiss that the my trebuchet did take it a heavy Gauss rifle to the chest turn one as he's closing on the uh, Hollander. But, you know, he just had to go get in there and tank it uh, medium range, 20 points did get through scored a crit or two on the engine. But other than that, he was fresh and he stayed away from that engine for the rest of the, the round. So my hot trebuchet was running a little hotter than usual, but it, it, it did work. Um, we had a great game. I had a great time out there. Thanks for playing with me. Uh, BC crew
0: no that sounds awesome i wish i got to travel more to play battletech but unfortunately that's not a job opening i can apply for <laughs> uh one day one day so it's not official battletech but the new hextech terrain for the pre-painted pre-assembled thunderhead studio
1: terrain yeah Gale Force 9 uh, pre-painted buildings in a box
0: yeah, I got to see those and hold those. Those are some hefty terrain. Like Those are not just, you know... They're not
1: like your your 5% infill.
0: But no, they were hefty resin cast with felt bottoms, and they were pre-painted, and my God, they looked amazing when I saw them on the table. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to mention, like, those are on shelves, and they're pre-assembled and pre-painted, so, like, they're just, you take it out of the box, and you're ready to go. And yep. I think that's Works pretty the Alpha awesome.
1: Strike or Classic.
2: You're flush with cash and a little strapped on hobby time. This is an option for you.
0: Because
1: buying is hobby progress. That's right. Whether I like it or not.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's take a quick break, then. We'll get into the meat of our main subject. That is spending it all at the stables. How about that? Oh, yeah. All right. That's a good time to take a little bit of a break and hear a word from our sponsors. I have one question for you. Are you ready? Are you ready for this Sunday night when Solaris champion Matt Balcom defends his title in the Solaris Super Slam? Say goodbye to anyone standing in Matt Balcom's way. We take some six mechs at a steel stadium shoots and ladder smash in the Solaris Super Slam. As Matt Balcom fights his way to the top in his battle master. Right now you can own this awesome pay-per-view disc for just $59.99. Call down, receive not one, but two extra hollow discs of Matt Volcom's prize to the top and highlights in the arena. All right. Now, do you have too many sea bills but don't know what to do with them? Or are you not allowed back in the royal family after killing all your cousins for the throne? Or do you have nothing to lose and everything to prove? Well, there's only one real place to go. And two kids' recruiting offices and not accepting <laughs> you. Okay, so there's only one other place to go. And what place is that? Solaris 7, Las Vegas in space. It is. Yep. Would that mean that Canopus is Space Atlantic City then?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Canopus is definitely. A, or Vegas? Is it Vegas? Because you said, that, is that Vegas? Like, which one is which? Yeah. That's which, that. I- that is a whole discussion we could have with. That. I've derailed the. I don't, know if, that, it is, it I don't is, know if the scope of of this like like.
2: It is literally a Nova bullet is, point in yeah, the show I, notes. Yeah. <laughs> is this Space Vegas or is that the Magistracy's Damn, I just read too. ahead without realizing? realizing. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <clears throat> I see, but this is they have USC fights in Vegas, right? So I yeah. guess this yeah. is like Vegas. Yeah. Okay. This is totally Space Vegas. Space Vegas on
1: a planetary scale instead of a city. Canopus right. is Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Week.
2: yeah. Yep.
0: Okay. Now that we've settled that, you know, existential question, what is Solaris 7? What is the game world of the Battletech
1: universe? Right? I mean, that's it's because okay, in in the Battletech universe, because I've been reading a lot of the novels in the last few years since since COVID. And I noticed that some authors are very much into the Battletech branding inside their Battletech universe. So anytime anyone is playing chess, they are playing with with BattleMech like, like you know, four mm. inch BattleMech sized size chess pieces. Like everything is super branded. And, and so obviously they don't have boxing matches. You have to have mech fights. Yeah. So where better to have that than on a whole planet dedicated just to that? So they made Solaris 7 the gaming world. And uh, you can you can go there and you can make a name for yourself or you can um, die in a blaze of glory or just get murdered in a back alley. It is a fun place.
2: Uh, one of the things I like about Solaris 7 is that it is the inner sphere, for the most part, more or less, on a planet. Yes. In the books, you know, whether you get the... I have the... Uh, the map pack Solaris seven thing, which comes with a supplement and denim. You have like the original,
1: the box set, yeah the original the box.
2: release box set. Yeah. But they definitely, they're game aids. They, and they, they set up this little mini inner sphere with little cities where each of the five houses have influence. And there's even some clan dab dabbling on planet. So it's, it's, it's really just this little battle tech in a can and it's, At the center of this is the mech dueling and, you know, small game fighting and stuff. So you get to gamify your game inside of your game. Right. Yeah. Which is fun.
1: This, this is an amazing place. I think, I think we've got this further down on there, but it is an amazing place for role playing to occur. Absolutely. This, this is like the, the role playing game I've been doing for 20 years. Mm hmm they they have a home base on solaris like whenever they're done with whatever whatever the contract they have they go back to solaris to relax to to hang out and um instead of going to to the normal like outreach to get their contracts they go to solaris they have a a black arms dealer named crazy crazy eddie that that gets them all the best high-tech weapons but he also you know gives them the download uh the the down low on on uh major contracts stuff that uh, only they can do they being like an A team version of of a uh, of a BattleTech company
2: yeah yeah just it unparalleled opportunities to get in and out of the cockpit i feel like it's the best place to do it to to just kind of switch between your uh in character role playing stuff and then switch over to the Solaire 7 box set stuff to do your battle stuff. So speaking of that, I was going to say, no, no, Dustin, I will
1: never make people do the box set version of Solaris. We'll get into that.
2: Oh, it's, okay. All right. It's
1: <laughs> yes. It's something. It is definitely something.
2: Well, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about ways to play on and in Solaris seven, because one of the things I noticed with my map pack, and I had heard you mention these weird quarter turn things, <laughs> is that my Battletech Mat Pack Slayer 7 didn't have any of that in there. It all looks to me like supplements for playing classic Battletech. Yes. However, what you're just talking about was a different way to play. It was a it was a dueling system, right?
1: Yes, it was a dueling system. It was very They're like 10 seconds <clears> is fine for for your normal fighting type stuff out in the out in the real world uh when you're doing your battles over planets or whatever. But on Solaris, you know, you've got a, a small arena and you've got you've got mechs that are either doing one V one or two V two. So it, it's very small unit, very, very small units. Uh Battletech mm-hmm. doesn't always work super well for one V one. Yeah. But a couple played, lucky hits. Yeah, a couple lucky hits and and the game is over way too soon.
2: Or a couple bad rolls of the initiative dice and somebody's right. You know, in your rear arc, constantly forever. So, so yep. So in 1991, they came
1: out with the Solaris Seven box set that had everything you needed. It had uh, maps of the of the different stadiums for the different houses. It had maps of the city. It had information about the different stables, about the different governments. Um, just basically everything you needed. And mm-hmm. it was it was specifically supposed to be used with the Mech role playing game. Oh, so okay. It was it was an independent product. That could be played by itself, but everything in there is a, was a tie in to the Mech Warrior RPG system just because okay. it, it fits so well.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: But, but yes, yeah, so they, they tried to counteract some of the uh, inadequacies of a 1v1 fight by making it a dueling rules. And to do that, they split every turn into two and a half seconds instead of 10. So when they do that, like uh, all the ranges are. are are multiplied by four, all of them.
2: Oh, because so, you can move four times as fast, I guess.
1: Right. Well, so like a medium laser, a medium laser does 12 heat because oh, wow. it's, yeah, not three heat. It's three times four because you've got 10 seconds to get rid of that heat, okay. but you're doing turns in two and a half seconds. Therefore you have a big heat spike. And then every turn you get rid of the amount of heat that your heat sinks have. But every turn is a quarter of what it is in battle So they even did that. Uh, huh. the ranges so it's, so it's
0: more lethal but harder to like defend or right well some your action economy is switched to like every action cost more
1: right well some, like some weapons like like the uh, the ER large laser took three rounds to to recharge but like the mm. machine gun recharges every time so the machine guns you can actually fire four times in the same ten seconds as you normally would be able to in a regular classic game of BattleTech, so oh they, yeah, the smaller weapons like the small lasers and the, and the machine guns could actually put out a lot more damage with with a reasonable amount of heat. But the bigger weapons like the PPCs and the large lasers, they still everything still does the same amount of damage, but you can't fire them every two and a half seconds. Some of them you have to wait seven and a half seconds, or five seconds, or even ten seconds. You could override that and fire it again, but then the heat is more than just doubled. It's it's amazingly higher heat. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's like it's like that, you know, you want to get that insta-kill and you better be sure about it because if you miss, your mech is just gonna be like okay. super, super hot. So it's like it the, sounds... the ranges uh, sorry, the, the ranges are like the um the medium laser, uh short it doesn't have short, medium, long. It just has like the plus zero, the plus one, the plus two, the plus three, plus four, oh, plus wow. five. Right, so it even <laughs> breaks it down like that. So medium laser up to six hexes is a plus zero, up to 12 is a plus one. Then it goes 18, 24, 30, and 36. So at 36, wow. yep, 31 to 36 hexes is a plus five to hit. Uh, so everything, like everything is just down on a on a smaller scale.
2: Okay. I, I mean, I guess you, you you're supposed to have one unit you've got one avatar so i can understand that they'd want to um, make things more gran, even more granular but what i'm not understanding and correct me if i'm wrong is that they didn't just divide everything by four like you're saying the machine guns just do more damage in this version of the game they,
1: they do they absolutely yeah. do more damage
3: that's an interesting because you can choice. fire them
1: more often because they're a safer weapon to fire and they don't generate heat mm-hmm. and they have a fast recharge rate so so Machine guns are actually and you'll see it in the box set. There was a lot of mechs that have like six or seven machine guns, and you can fire them every turn. But that wow. big large laser they have, you can only fire once every three or four turns. Um so it, yeah, it it made the short range close up weapons a lot more dangerous. And of course, with the ranges, you know, um a machine gun can go up to, to twelve hexes away right. because of the, the expanded
2: ranges okay but the the vibe I'm getting from you is that you didn't really enjoy the dual rules because you said you'd never make your players do that
1: right it, it well be because it took it took a game that was already you know, a, a two v a one v one with with battletech mm-hmm. can take an hour it can yes it can but when you make it where each turn is two and a half seconds, then it suddenly takes three hours for the same for one a v one. one right yeah. Which, just, be- I, just because, like, your weapons are recharging or you... Well, movement, too. If you're jumping, you may not land because it takes mm-hmm. 10 seconds to, gosh, to jump and then land. So
3: <laughs> you have, you have multiple turns
1: where you're in the air and you can you can spin your back, but you can't change your vector.
2: Uh, yeah. Excellent. I mean, it, it, it sounds gritty. It sounds simulation. <laughs> but what we're really looking for, especially in a role-playing game situ- setting, which this is clearly built around... Um, especially now that I'm hearing you talk about the original box set is that you want something quick and cinematic and this was not that. Okay.
1: Right. This was the opposite. Uh, It was cinematic. Once, once you, once you finished it and then you compressed it down to here are the highlights, but, but you had to get through the the battle. They did add a lot of, a lot of things like this was still back with the old partial cover rules. So they were, they were working on fixing those. This is where they introduced the rules for, disengaging your ppc field inhibitor hot loading uh, lrms yeah. you could even interlock streak srms so if you Ooh. if you hit with one all of your streaks would lock but it's it's harder to get that initial lock but you don't have oh, to roll nice. independently for each streak because uh-huh. the streak the only thing intersphere had was streak twos uh you didn't have intersphere streak four or sixes so you'd have like four interlock. or eight yeah streak twos and you just you just tie them all together
2: excellent so that's that way to play Solaris 7. Obviously, there's uh, role-playing, but that's out, I think that's outside of our scope tonight. Um, and then there's playing in Solaris 7 with uh, just your standard classic battle tech um, stuff. Right, and, because
1: they re-released the maps uh, with, yeah. with a book centered around classic, and they re-released it uh, 13 years later. So that was in 2004. <sighs> Um, they came out with a pack, which is still available on Amazon today. You could go buy it really right now.
2: Yeah. They printed too much of that, I guess.
1: They they did. Uh <laughs> and the maps are great. The book is great. Um, and that's what we're using at Hangar 18 right now, is the is yeah. that book, not the I, not the box set.
2: I do I do have the maps. I, I like it. Now, it sounds to me like since you've actually done this, that you you know, you prefer the classic um battletech method. I read in my little book here that they really recommend like a max of four. Do you usually keep it to duels or do you, do you run a Solaris 7 in pairs or maybe even Lance on Lance?
1: I normally do 1v1, but 2v2 is also fun. I don't tend to go higher than 2v2, even with the, with the regular
2: classic rules. Uh, Yeah. Just from the armchair, I would say that I would, I would, duels are cool. 2v2s open up some tactics and stuff and some fun things but if you do more than that you're just playing classic battle tech on a funny right map now. yeah exactly okay
0: but what's wrong with that isn't that why we're here uh i guess it
2: could be
1: <laughs> the arena the arenas are too small like they're, yeah. they're too small to get more than four mechs on there and and have any sort of tactics at all
2: yeah
0: tactics Net-
1: roll 12s that
0: that's yeah. the only tactic I've ever needed for battle
2: tech, Roll more 12s and the other guy and, and kick, sweep the leg, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So th- these are kind of a bird's eye view of how you can play in Solaris 7. You get your supplement. You're probably running a role-playing game, or you've got your favorite opponent that you just want to run a duel with. You got your maps. You got your special uh, map rules. But what is the I, I'm looking at this and I haven't played, I haven't put it on the tabletop. And I'm like, what is Solaris 7? Is it NASCAR? Is it UFC? Is it Mortal Kombat and Robots?
1: I mean, the answer is yes. It's it's all of those. Okay. It's like the, the world itself, you've got the main city where you've got the big the the big money fights, um, with the with the well uh, funded stables yeah. that have all the clever toys. But then you've got the outreaches, which are like the junkyard battles, where where you just have somebody with this beat up stinger, um, who who welded a, a you know a steam shovel, yeah, hook on there, uh, and it's just like whatever you can get on there, and it's it's like the the monster truck fights, and, and that's how you you know you pick up some extra cash, to start getting getting your name out there. However, in the books, at least it. Everything that they throw at you is all battle mech related. Yeah. They do mention in there that there are other things. You've got aerospace battles on Solaris. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have infantry, you know, tactical type stuff that you can do. It's a lot like that kill team um, from Warhammer. Uh, He's
0: just like touches on exoskeleton death matches and just like, that's a thing. It is. I was
1: like, whoa. Oh, they're amazing, too.
0: It's, I, not even, I actually, it's not even battle armor. It's not even power. Armor, it's exoskeleton. Exo. Yeah.
2: Excellent.
1: Yeah, it, it's crazy. I i take it a step further in my role playing games because we like we like Gaslands. Yes. The Gaslands. I i have signs for the different uh, Solaris houses and stuff in there. So in my in my headcanon, you know. This thing with cars takes place on Solaris because there can there can be boxing matches and and uh, car races. I mean, there can be all kinds of things, but but they're just hyper focused on the battle tech aspects. But the books do mention there are other sporting events. Yeah, but that's that's not in the scope of this book. Bro,
0: I want to go. I want to do the Equatus 500 hover blitz championship where I just get (laughs) a bunch of hovercraft with guns. And run them around. There's like multiple laps where people die. Like this mm-hmm. just seems like death race, or oh, red yeah. line, and it's just amazing.
1: Like that, yeah, that. you know it's out there. And if it's not, then it is in your world. So it, it can be. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, why are, it's all, why are all allowed. Why
0: the non-mech things more interesting for me on Solaris? <laughs> it's like this is when you get the weird stuff and you do weird
1: things with it. Yeah. So, yeah, there's <laughs> nothing that's outside of the scope because, you know, anything – you can make money off of betting on anything.
2: So in here I saw there are some rules for starting up your own stable. It seems pretty generic. You know, you kind of roll up if you want to. You can roll off on uh, what access you have to technology and, mm-hmm. and how many points you get. There's a, little, there's a lovely little table in my book with how much customization you get. Like, oh, you want to swap the engine? That's expensive. But you want to, you know, weld some extra machine guns to the exterior of your mech? pretty cheap. So yeah, and in in here there's there's rules for starting up your unit. Is that typically how you do it? Right. Yeah,
3: because
1: we're like I said, we're uh, at at our local store. We're we're starting to start up a Solaris tournament type thing. Well, more of a Solaris circuit that's supposed to go for like three months. Excellent. A- and people will get to pick their stable or create their own stable under those rules and then uh customize some mechs and come in with different weight classes of mechs. Um oh. I'm not super concerned about BV with with this because it, not it's not the too, spirit it's too chaotic. I mean there's going to be yeah. weight classes but it's but you know like it's more how you pilot your mech than the than the BV. We're not we're not even focused on the BV for it. And then uh, you know the better you do, the more money you get to spend on the on the better quality toys.
2: Oh, absolutely. Another thing I saw in my lovely sheet, and we're we're going off of the uh map pack Solaris 7. Right. Pack. Well the what?
1: the other one, the box set, like it came out a bit after the clan invasion. So you've got uh you've got like ER large lasers and LB ten X's. It's basically the stuff after the um the Helm Memory Core. Okay. Like we have we have those types of, of weapons. But aside from a few optional rules that they introduced, like I said, like the hot swapping LRMs, et cetera, like that's where all those came from. Yeah. It didn't add a lot of extra equipment or anything like that. But looking at that book that you've got, the the one that came out in 2004. They
2: added equipment.
1: They added all kinds of stuff in there. That's where you get all your really fun melee weapons. That's where you've got uh, your battle mech taser. The M pods Mm -hmm. were first introduced in there. Yep. Um, and a couple others, which I think that you're pretty excited about.
2: Oh, yeah, we got the claws, we got flails, maces, shields, I mean, lances. Can we can we do mech jousting? Of course, right? this is Solaris yeah, I mean, 7. Yeah, Look,
0: the Lancelot exists to put a lance
2: on and run it at a mech. <laughs> it I does. put two lances on my Lancelot, and then and we they took, lanced yeah, each other.
1: They took this stuff out of the Solaris book, and they put it into the tactics tactical operations i think that's where it all lives now
2: yeah um i'm pretty sure most of this is not battle mech manual legal no yeah some spikes i up like here. they have a
1: whole section on just cosmetics you know let's let's oh, uh, yeah. do do stuff to your mech that has no actual combat impact but but it it aids for your uh how much does the crowd like you that's important in this system yeah. is
2: is the, the crowd and and that's that's the 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 crowd What do they call it here? They call it the Crowd Participation Modifiers Table. Now, this this is what really struck my mind as I was was thumbing through this book when I bought it probably like five years ago. And then when I was rereading it in preparation for recording tonight, the Crowd Participation Modifiers Table seems like the kind of thing that really spices up a 1v1 in classic Battletech because there's there's modifiers to your like initiative roles and stuff in here. It's the
0: outside interference that is really like driving the game. It's like the hand of God you know messing with things.
1: Right, it'll give you a, a plus one to your gunnery for the next turn, uh, yeah. or your opponent a minus one if if they did something in the crowd, just if they fell out of favor with the crowd. Like it's the crowd itself can can influence the tide of the battle. And if you're doing poorly, suddenly that gives you the the, the edge that you need, yeah. to uh, to pull back in the next round or two.
2: Yeah, here it is. I was looking for it. You get uh, you like you were saying your plus one modifiers to your gunnery and piloting rolls. Minus the initiative modifiers um also what really ca- caught my eye, spending your um crowd participation points to modify your initiative role. Because 1v1 initiative is going to be pretty important. Very, very important. And then last but certainly not least, I stumbled upon something. Now, this was great for me because there's this constellation of rules floating around in tack ops maybe it, i've caught in these these little glances or these little mentions of like oil or coolant inside of a gun and i'm like what is what is this stuff with like what's a fluid gun and then i think i finally after all these years found the the holy grail and that is the fluid gun table
1: Right. Cause that is in the Solaris book. Yep.
2: So all of a sudden everything fell into order, everything crystallized. And I was <laughs> looking here through the fluid gun table and I'm like, why would you spend research and development dollars? Like think about how much new Avalon Institute spends trying to create new algorithms for their electronic warfare suites. When instead you could just spray paint at the other mech. Right. You, roughly the same thing. <laughs>
1: But but like you can put you can put so many different fluids in your fluid gun. It, it gets tactical. So you might have uh, paint in yours, and you might spray it at the other person's cockpit or sensors. But his teammate might have one with water because the meta is people are spraying paint on them, and he'll turn around and spray and water. Rinse on, you off, on, yeah. Rinse it right off.
3: Um, oh
1: but goodness. paint and water are just are just two of like the six different things you can shove in there.
2: I mean, fire retardant foam, oil slick. Coolant, corrosives, paint and obscurant slash and obscurate water and water. Yeah. Lovely, lovely stuff. I was
0: like, is this a Coke or Pepsi? Like, right. like which one sponsors Solaris for the, you know, the brand, right?
1: It seems like a Pepsi thing to me. It does. I mean, it seems like a very Pepsi, like like the, the Pepsi man and the and the Harrier and the leather jacket. This all seems seems very Pepsi in in the Pepsi wheelhouse. Pepsi yeah. seven.
2: I mean I, I know if i'm if i'm ever find myself battle challenged inner sphere style to a one of 1v1 solar 7 style duel i really want a fluid gun <laughs> on my mech and i want the crowd participation rules because i mean there's there's legitimate tactic and we'll talk tactics here in a minute but th- i'm like the oil slick gun you can if you got a fast mech and you just cover everything with oil run away all of a sudden. Maybe oh. Sniper does have a role in Solaris 7. If you can oil slick everything, it's like, yeah, come try to brawl with me. You're going to trip and fall.
1: Yeah, and you're then you're going to slide distance. into the pool of acid. There are yeah. acid pools in these maps, and they do major damage. I love you it. You don't want to fall in these things.
2: I want two fluid guns on my battle mech. The riflemen just take out. The ACs put in the fluid guns. Well, they're only two tons. They're not. They're not heavy. So you can oh, okay. you can swap them out with a. You know, so with you're telling me things. I can have six fluid guns on my rifleman?
1: <laughs> it's like a porcupine that just sprays stuff all over. It's, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's easier to weld the fire truck to the mech. <laughs> yeah. So besides, so besides fluid guns and audience participation affecting it, you've actually got stuff like denim you mentioned acid pools and you're essentially fighting the terrain at most of these maps as well because they have right, you know, the, their own special
1: there there's countless numbers of different arenas the the box set in the book go over five of them they just go over like like uh some of the main ones of each of the houses so they they yep. pick like one of of each house so karita has has this maze that's constantly changing oh the... so in the
0: yeah, the tunnel, Ishiyama,
1: it, the Iron Mountain, yeah. yeah, the Iron yep. Mountain. So, what you do in that is that you actually take the map that it comes with and you cut it. There's two different maps and you cut them into quarters, and then you just mix them up and draw them randomly to attach, you know, the the sides to each other because all the sides attach mm-hmm. um, just fine, and then it makes you know random paths through the mountain. That you never know how it's going to look one way or the other, yeah. um some of the other ones they're they're larger maps, but you only play on two thirds of it at any any given game, and you roll to see like which which two thirds you play on. yeah um one of them is the map it comes with is all icy, but it it specifically says that it's it has it's like a holodeck type of thing, so it can mm-hmm. be anything, and so it really says, you know if you want it to be random, just take all of your your maps that you've got. And uh, and just randomly draw like two maps from there, stick them together, and that's your arena today. Uh, which I think is the most boring one because it's it's just you're just playing on on you know oh, your two maps. That's the Davian Boreal Reach one. Exactly.
2: Like, yeah. I I remember yeah, playing in a trash pit. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a mud no, that's, pit. The yeah.
1: mud pit is in the reaches. That that's in the reaches pack that that came with that uh, was an expansion to the yeah. box set. Um, there was a, a a junkyard that you could play in. Um, there was the, a the trash pit. There was a swimming pool that you really wanted to have umus to to mm. f- to float around in. Sir, that is the pool. The pool, yeah. <laughs> Bracken Swamp. We we missed a Steiner Coliseum.
2: That I feel like that's the most when you when I think of as a battle type person, Solaire Seven Steiner Arena like pops into my head. You got the got the walls moving around. Yeah, you're trying that- to.
1: The walls and the pillars all pop up and down. It's very interactive. Uh, it's the one that that we um, that we play the most because uh, it looks really good with 3D printed terrain, the the 3D go. printed walls, and uh, it's it's very exciting. And it's it's something that everybody gets to do because each player rolls twice on the table at the beginning of their turn, and that can affect how the arena looks for that for that next turn. Yeah. It's funny because the Essentials box set has a smaller version of the Steiner Coliseum, which mm-hmm. they call the Steiner Stadium. Uh, it is a little bit smaller dimensionally, but it also doesn't have the pillars. It only has the walls. And I found that funny because in the original box set, the Steiner Coliseum, which is exactly like the one in the in the map pack, is called Steiner Stadium. So there's definitely a bit of, of name changing going back and forth there okay. uh, behind the scenes. So, but interesting stuff. Canonically, now, Steiner Coliseum is the big one, and Steiner Stadium is the little one that comes in the essentials box.
2: Okay. So, we talked a lot about what Solaris 7 is, different ways to enjoy Solaris 7 use classic. Uh, the spirit of Solaris 7 in that you can do anything with it you can race your cars, you can have um power suit. I'm sorry, exoskeleton fights. Yeah, that's in addition right, that's to right. your battle armor fights. Yeah. <laughs> Josh's dreams coming true. How to start your unit up, some of the fun things that really spice up this game. But you, I what if you're a person who's actually going to play Solaris 7 and you, you want to win? Maybe you're like me and you've literally never done this before. Um, let's talk some tactics. Because when I look through this and I thumb through all this and I take my classic battle tech knowledge base i just want to bring an arm flipper with a million little guns that's fast that's my initial go to is, is 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 that all you do do you only brawl do you bring <laughs> the heat literally how how do you win in the arena
1: exactly it's 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 some people play to win some people play for fun Mm -hmm. like i said in one of our recent episodes that that uh geez too many mechs with the name viper the the crusader based (laughs) viper that has the the floor the four plasma plasma cannons cannons yeah in the left arm and then the the big mace in the other arm with tsm it does both of those things yeah he he is a lot of fun to play he's not going to win a lot but Really? But he is fun to watch.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, he's got the, he's got the, the cardboard arm uh, internal structure. That's right. So once you break through the armor, he, he goes down really, really fast, but, but it's a lot of fun to think about all the fire he's spewing out everywhere. And if you do happen to get caught and then your, your heat goes way up and you're super slow. And then you just see that, that the double damage mace coming in. It's, yeah. it's frightening. So, 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 that's how I, I tend to play the flashier mechs and the more melee weapons, the better. Yeah. Um, put, put some spikes on there. So if people hit you, they take damage as well. Ooh, nice. Uh, I, I don't tend to do, you know, like, like the classic, the classic match was the Centurion versus the Rifleman. I can't ever see bringing a Rifleman into the arena intentionally, at least not the original Rifleman. No,
2: yeah. That seems like a like, worse, the worst choice.
1: Right. Sure. It can flip its arms but it's just not designed for close range combat. So obviously Gray Noten was cheating all the time. That's my opinion <laughs> all the time. I don't think he ever won legitimately won a
2: match. I mean, besides the mech with the fluid guns everywhere, I, 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 I do like the Viper. I do like the idea of a, like a welterweight, like a, maybe a lighter heavy, a little token heat, just in case, and some small guns and some melee fun absolutely t s m if possible, and some some melee weapons it It
1: gets way worse too, because if you're playing by the rules, the audience not only can can influence your you know your uh, initiative roles or your gunnery skills or whatever, they can pay money and uh and take over a turret which will pop down and start shooting at people yeah that's that's in there that's in the rules they can they can disable your jump jets because you know you're under contract and and everything that you've got they can control your you know different systems on your mech it's all about the money so it it can be as chaotic as you want
2: i would want to use a lot of these things to kind of i guess in a game master sense to 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 play catch up, like if somebody was clearly losing, you want oh, exactly. to want that cinematic exactly. tight, yeah, right, yeah. You want to tight. So you suddenly so.
1: give him all the advantages just just to get it back to a to an exciting fight because you don't want it to be over too fast. No, and, and you know maybe you've bet money on on the other guy and he has to you know he's got to <laughs> <Or
2: maybe>, win, <laughs> or maybe the crowd gets. Really frustrated with the mech that's spraying oil everywhere. and uses the <laughs> turrets to shoot that guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everybody yeah.
2: slides around and rolls on the floor.
1: <laughs> so that's really hard to bring into a, a fair and balanced um, pickup game. But it's narratively, it is it is super, super awesome.
2: Yeah, definitely sounds like a beer and pretzels night. If you're if you're rolling in a local game store to play some Solaris Seven, I mean, yeah, you can't don't, be too don't, yeah, about it.
1: You cannot take it seriously. If you do that, you're in the wrong place. But part of that is the reason why we have all these
0: like Solaris exclusive mechs. like record sheets, uh thirty fifty five. Like that's a lot of Solaris
1: right. Like mechs get the, that only exists there. The onslaught, I think, is one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reaver yeah there's there's a bunch of of really of really interesting builds where you're like this doesn't make any sense until you play it not only uh, in solaris but with Mm -hmm. the dueling rules Mm. specifically with the dueling rules and then they're like oh i see where they're going with this this makes a lot of sense now yeah the onslaught has six machine
0: guns a large x-pulse a light ac5 and two srm6s and you're like Hmm. so weird of a loadout why would you be so devoted to
2: you know machine guns and
1: right because like, you can fire them 12 hexes and you can fire them every turn yeah
2: if you if you come into a duel josh are you bringing your piranha I
0: mean there is the-, the piranha five which has you know what 10 12 machine guns and the supercharger so it runs 18 so I'm like this, <laughs> it'd be this amazing is, this is designed for Solaris why don't I take it? Um, yeah do you guys have like a favorite of the solaris you know iconic mechs
1: man i used to i i I used to be able to tell you exactly which one that that i would play the most but i all the battles have have blurred together now i just enjoy like like dustin said that's one where i will actually have a beer while i'm playing and, and and just relax and just have fun because you know it's, it's more about what happens than winning.
2: I know I can say if I were, if I were able to make it in for the Solaris stuff, I would be, I'd be trying to bring a quick draw. I don't know why that mech chassis speaks to me spiritually in a Solaris seven context, but something about it being fast for its weight, uh, and it is a heavier mech. So it can, it can bring the, the punches or the, the, the sword swinging or the mace bashing, it seems like it's got enough room to customize it and deck it out and weld spikes to it. And oh, yeah,
1: I would love to see Dustin's version of the Mad Max version of the Quick Draw. <laughs> oh, absolutely.
2: Maybe a couple fluid guns in the rear arc, you know, just in case.
1: Oh, man, a, a, a fire starter, but mostly fluid guns. <laughs> but yeah. Is that the fire yeah, I, extinguisher? Like. To,
2: oh. I, I think so. you fill it all with fire retardant and you run the, you run a pair of fire starters. You light one side of the arena on fire and you have fire retardant. The other you you were just the corrosive
1: acid, the fire and acid together. There'd be all kinds of cool things you could do.
2: Yeah. But um, also the quick draw is like a dime a dozen. (laughs) I feel like you could, you could dig one. Yeah. You dig one out of the trash heap. Yeah. Lots of spare parts.
1: But yeah, tactic-wise, like there's just too many variables to to just say, well, this is the best tactic for Solaris. There there isn't, because even if you come up with one, it may not work in in half the arenas.
2: That's true.
1: How many tactics work in the pool?
2: Yeah, none of them.
1: (laughs) That's why the Aqua Gladius exists,
0: for that one reason.
2: (laughs) Just for that, just for the pool out in the... uh,
0: The stable has that, and they're like, oh man, we rolled pool again. It's (laughs) like that one aqua gladius
3: pilot puts, is like puts <laughs> his glasses on.
2: Yeah. Yo, Tom, you're up. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: yeah, there's just so much, there's so much in Solaris that you can do that you can add to things that you can, that you can get inspiration from. It's, it's, I can see why they originally made it a box set because it really is a very standalone microcosm in, in the BattleTech universe. Like you can just do that and, and yeah. still have years of fun.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's a it's mini BattleTech on one planet.
1: I, I like it. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to uh to talk about this again when when we find out what what Catalyst is doing with Ooh, it next. It's going to be, be a few years. Up? So so hey, it'll, maybe it'll I'll, be a while.
2: Yeah. Maybe I'll be able to get us more games in, then i'd love to play some uh solaris 7
1: oh yeah well we'll it. be we'll be setting it up and we'll be doing the announcements when when we've got it uh going uh it won't be till after the tournament okay um but uh but yeah it's it's something that a lot of people are interested in so um yeah we'll announce it it'll be fun
0: i don't know if we like really touch on this but like if you were to take all of this like this an original 1991 box set and try to like modernize it like mm. you, got, you kind of have to meet the classic we, we all play in love and that slayer original slayer 7 and meet somewhere in the middle like are there any things that you would like just keep this the way it is and other things you like get rid of this because it won't work
1: i i had thought about that recently actually because you know alpha strike is a faster game and i remember thinking would alpha strike work for for a faster And then I immediately decided I do not want an alpha strike version of Solaris at all. Like that is the opposite of I want. I like the granularity. I like that, that it's more, every decision is more impactful. Like, like each individual sections armor is super important, I would like to find some way to make it more granular without adding as much extra turns as as the two and a half second turns brought. But I would mm-hmm. like, I would like, you know, I'd like it to to show off, uh, mechs being more fluid in their actions, uh, because they're they're trained duelists. I mean, the, these guys yeah. just do just do mech warrior dueling they should be able to pull off maneuvers that are that are inefficient or or um you know wouldn't work in in a combat environment but are super flashy uh are crowd pleasers and can sometimes surprise an opponent into you know into giving you an Mm. advantage if not victory i would like to see those sorts of things added on so you're more like a Secondary
0: or special table of like mech actions, rather than just like push, charge, punch. Like you're talking like oh yeah, duck or juke or you know, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Maybe a if lot you of have to roll things. you know skills for those things. Like all right, or like like a ju- like a judo a throw table. type of thing. So instead, yeah, yeah. Instead of instead of pushing a mech away from you, you basically you know like the mech is in front of you, and at the end of the maneuver, it is behind you. Um, and oh. then you you can also turn in that, so it's like that. it's like pulling a mech out of the corner type of maneuver, yeah. stuff like that. Like there's so many different melee weapons now. Why not some more melee maneuvers?
3: Yeah,
2: stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, because that is that's like kind of a surprise when you're playing classic. Is like you come in and you do the push. You're like, oh, you move me on. You know that instead of moving you, that's such a rare thing in classic and, and right. Uh, yeah, that that it would be a place where that could be expanded upon is definitely slayer seven with the grappling and stuff. Right. And, and even it,
1: if they made it like, like half, like five second turns instead of 10 seconds. Like, I don't know. Like I, I, the more you play it and the more you get used to it, the faster the games go, but getting enough people to that level is, is pretty much impossible. And that's mm-hmm. what slows down the game. But, but if you could come up with something easier that uh, people would be more willing to try, I think it would
2: be a, a lot of fun. Yeah. You want to, you want to add depth without adding time or right. complexity, which is hard. I mean, <laughs> it's <yeah>. super hard, <laughs> super hard to do. So
0: until then, like I'd say like, keep the terrain hazards like acid or you Love know, those. Yeah. Walls that move things, you know, physical dangers that like, Oh, this pit drops to level three. If you're standing on it and like, then you just take the damage or, I mean, Turrets on the outside, that the audience is controlling, and you have to do things to keep the audience from shooting at you.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah things like that are fun. So, keep- uh, and that's why I'd like I'd like other forms of moving, so that you can actually throw someone into the pit of acid uh, instead of them having to have to stand in the exact right spot for you to right. for you to push or charge them into
2: it. Yeah, yes, yeah. you could throw somebody two or three hexes instead of just one or something. <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> it would be crazy, but. You, if you set depth. it up
1: with an oil slick. So you push them and they hit the oil slick Wee. and then they slide in. Like it like it'd be a, <laughs> you know. Yeah.
0: I
2: mean, I yeah, guess
1: there's, there's all technically
0: kinds of that could be the way is like, okay, hexes are normally 30 square meters. It's like, no, they're, you know, 10 square meters. Like,
1: like. Yeah. So a throw, a push would actually be more than one hex. Yeah. Um, or could be, you know, there might be some weird piloting role to to determine that. Um, but yeah, some more, a couple more tables where where it would be easy to To look it up and use it but but it wouldn't slow the game down too much
3: okay. obviously
1: every everything you add on is going to slow it down some, yeah, but just keep that to a minimum definitely do not take it the alpha strike direction for this
0: I because, think the problem with yeah. that is too like simple things like two machine guns versus you know three machine guns gets out cut out in the wash but uh, I think mm-hmm. I don't think Alva Strike is the format for a hyper, you know, focused duel. But it's the other, yeah. It's the other direction.
2: Yeah, other. Do way. you yeah.
0: have any favorite stories of when you've played
1: in Solaris? 7? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. So, uh, way back in college, we were doing our, uh, the one of the MechWarrior RPGs, and it happened to take place on the Solaris world. And this is actually their first trip to Solaris. So this was all new to them, and it's before they met Crazy Crazy Eddie. It's before uh, they they had their own little their little mini base set up on there, and um, they uh, they had gotten drafted into this stable to to fight a couple matches, but the guy was really shady, and mm-hmm. uh, and he was working with another group, and they they were telling them, okay, look you know, they sent him a hidden message, a secret message. It was an origami bird or cat or something. And he opened it up and it's like, look, here's, you know, here's a thousand sea bills. If you throw this match and make it look good, you know, there's another, there's another 5,000 where that came from. And, and the guy who is, who, uh, you know, the player took it and he's like, he like ripped it up and he's like, I'm not throwing a match. There's no way in the world I would throw a match. Oh. And he was like, uh, you know he was in a phoenix hawk going up against some mech where where the phoenix hawk was definitely supposed to win and, and just because he was his dice were not with him he absolutely <laughs> lost that game uh doing that and the guy's like oh you did really well throwing that match and it was it was an amazing like sequence of events that, uh, that made it. him that made him lose and it was just so believable that he that he you know super secretly uh, through the match that so the guy gave him like a bonus a thousand so he gave him like six thousand c bills bonus for that and then and then of course everybody's like oh the, you know, these guys threw the match it's like i didn't i just suck <laughs> 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 it was a it was it was a fun time that uh that we got to revisit many times throughout their solaris adventures whenever uh that pilot's name was mentioned oh, that sounds awesome it was it was fantastic. And we were playing with the dueling rules then, so it was that, that game took that game took a nice afternoon. <laughs> Lord of mercy.
0: All right. Do we have anything else we want to talk about for Solaris
1: 7? I mean, it's fun. You should if you have never tried it, you should definitely try it. It is a it is a unique take on the Battletech experience for sure.
0: Now I will say, Denim, you've done the Battletech Essentials box. Is that a close enough? approximation right now
1: It it is uh the essentials box is a great way to introduce people to the concept of solaris it's obviously got the beginner box rules so there's no internal structure uh, there's no torso twisting though with the the beginner boxes really i throw torso twisting in to teach people how because it, it's so weird to not do that yeah yeah but uh it those games only take like like twenty to thirty minutes to run uh, it is a great way to say, look there are arenas in Battletech and this is how this is how it works this is how you roll for the walls to pop up and down um, these are these are how arena combats uh, happen and so yeah I, I would say if you just want a, a decent idea pick up pick up the essentials box because at least you'll have a mini arena um, you actually have two of them I just like the Steiner Stadium one better mm-hmm. And and you can use that with the beginner box rules or the classic rules. Uh we used classic when the last time we played on it and it worked super well. Yeah. For a for a twenty, what a twenty-five dollar box set, it is it is a great introduction to Solaris.
2: And if you're already playing classic, like thirty for five extra dollars, thirty bucks, you can go to even Amazon Prime <laughs> and yeah. get the classic battle tip. Map Pack Solaris Seven. Right, so that that map pack comes with uh, reprinted
1: maps. maps. Yeah. So with reprinted maps from the entire box set, plus the outreach's expansion. So you actually get mm-hmm. a lot of maps, and you get a nice rule book that has uh, descriptions of all the uh, the different um, arenas that are on those maps, plus all of those uh, the the weapons technology and and the st- uh, the crowd stuff, like everything mm-hmm. we just mentioned except for the two and a half second turns that's
2: in the yep. box set only. And you get a, you even get a little bit on the stables and the cities in here too. I mean, this is a great little book too. Yep. If you're going to do it classic style. Yes. Uh, yep. Pick it up. It give is. it a try. It comes recommended from Den. Highly. Yep. Got my stamp of approval.
0: Oh, that sounds awesome. So pick up the Battletech essentials. Give that a try. See how you like it, then jump right into the nineteen ninety one Solaris seven.
1: No, box set. the, the, the two thousand and four map pack, please, please. And play
0: classic with that with some, you know, extra flair. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is what we'll be using at the at at the store is is the 2004 map pack set, not the original nineteen ninety one box set.
0: Never go full Solaris seven. You heard it here, folks. Never go full full blood pit.
3: i just don't
1: got time anymore
0: (laughs) all right anyone want to send us home
1: i can you can contact us at the mechbaypodcast at gmail.com check us out on facebook and discord and a special thank you to all our patreons and remember fluid guns are not toys except that they really are mech paintball anybody